Hey, my mamas. You guys, I have such a treat for you today. We're chatting with Anastasia Drake, and just let me tell you a little bit about her for a second. You know when you meet those people and they have this energetic personality that's just incredibly contagious? Okay, well, that's her, and it's because she is so passionate about what she does, and this episode is also such a treat because it's incredibly educational, and for me, it just, you know, when I learn about my body like this, it it offers up such a, I don't know, an extra layer of empowerment, so be ready for that because you're going to learn a lot. Anastasia is a prenatal and postpartum yoga and pelvic floor coach. So I wanted to talk with her really specifically about some of the biggest issues that I know that I've experienced myself and that I've talked to other women about, and that's incontinence, diastasis recti, and malpositioning of baby. These are things that are very much impacted by our daily habits, our breathing, our posture, our exercise, things we've just done throughout life. And so I wanted Anastasia to really just bring some awareness, but to really educate you on how all those beautiful reproductive organs and muscles and ligaments and bone structures work within, you know, the uterus and pelvic floor and, and all of that so that you can understand what you're doing in the day and, and correct it. This is one of me, one of those episodes that you share. So that's what I want to ask you to do today. I'm not going to ask you to write a review. I'm going to ask that you listen to this episode. And if you loved it and learned something, please take a snapshot of it wherever you're listening to it. Post it on Facebook or Instagram or something or just send a text to a friend and share it. It feels like such an amazing gift to be able to share this with you guys and share this amazing, beautiful conversation that I had with Anastasia. And I'll just give you a little hint, hint. (laughs) I might have shared a little TMI, (laughs) so just be aware. Anyway, okay, I'm going to stop gabbing and get into the episode, but again, please, please share it and make sure to tag me if you do. All right, let's head in. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, Hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone and that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf, (laughs) it's mama time. Hello, my ladies. Today we are chatting with Anastasia Drake, and Anastasia actually met through Kelly Kendall, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll remember from episode 25. And, you know, Kelly is a dear friend of mine, but Anastasia and Kelly knew each other from working together back in California a few years back. And now they're doing coaching and they were chatting and talked about the podcast. And then I got to hear from Anastasia. And when we chatted a few weeks ago, it was so fun because you, it's just like so clear how passionate you are. And I love talking to people like that because I do the same thing. And so when somebody like reciprocates it, it just feels so, it feels so good. It doesn't make me feel like such a crazy person, but 
anyway, so really excited to have her on. Anastasia is actually a certified prenatal postpartum and therapeutic pelvic floor yoga coach. She works with clients who are trying to regain strength, balance, or calm after recovering from an injury, dealing with the disease, struggling with pelvic floor issues, or just want private instruction because they don't feel comfortable in a regular class. I'm so excited about our chat today. You're so chock full of knowledge. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're I'm excited welcome. to be here. Why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself and how you started to do what you're doing and all that. Sure. Um, well, I actually came to yoga um, thinking yoga was just exercise. And then um, I started really getting into yoga to deal with my own anxiety. And so I had a lot of anxiety going on and I'm a type A personality. So that gets carried away sometimes. So I thought yoga is a good focus because it makes me slow down and really focus on me. Um, and then as I really started getting into yoga, I started able, I, I was able to heal some of some past injuries. So a car wreck caused some hip injuries and some knee injuries. And I found my body getting stronger and being able to figure out how to kind of create physical therapy on myself. And I thought, this is great. This is what I want to do. And I started working with clients who I, I became a certified teacher and then started down the therapeutic uh, path. And I started working with clients who just didn't feel comfortable being in a class. And usually it's because they had a health issue. So they just didn't fit into a mainstream class. And then I sat in during my training into a prenatal class and I wasn't pregnant. However, the moment they said, put one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart and send your intention and love to your baby. I was sold. I was like, oh my God, where was this when I was pregnant? Like I had such a high anxiety. I was a mess during pregnancy, like just nonstop worry and anxiety. And I thought, oh, I love everything about this. And then the more I dug into it, I'm like, oh, every pregnant woman needs this. Every post, you know, every mom needs this. And so I just became, I really kind of went down the rabbit hole studying pregnant anatomy and trying to answer those questions because there's so much misinformation out there about what you can and cannot do during pregnancy. And so it just became a passion for me to help women in one of the, the most memorable times of their lives. You know, we're yeah. giving birth, we're making life. And to be able to empower women during that time is just a huge gift to me. I love that so much. I love that so much. And you're so right. There is so much misinformation. I know when we talked last time, there was a couple of things that you said or that we talked about that was like, you're, we just, we just have no idea. And it, some of the stuff that we'll talk about, I think, or some of the things she'll throw, the Anastasia will throw out today will like kind of blow your mind. But what I think is cool about what we're going to talk about today is, and what I think is important is instead of just debunking some of these myths or this misinformation is really helping the moms out there, whether they're pregnant or they're in postpartum, help them understand exactly how all these body parts are supposed to work. Like how the uterus, the ligaments, the muscles, the abdomen, the pelvis, the floor, all these things, how they're supposed to work together. And like what we might be doing in our daily lives, whether that's like exercise or whether that's how we sneeze or our breathing or, you know, our posture, all these things, like how, what could we be doing that could be hurting us? Because what happens is we like are in postpartum or we get to a point in our pregnancy and there's this aftermath of, 
you know, diastasis recti or incontinence and, or our postpartum recovery is really hard. And we're like, what the heck happened? And, and, and how did I not know about any of this? And then you're, you know, like, we obviously don't want to be in a state of repair if we can help it. So I, I am really, I'm excited for you to start, start educating all of us on seriously. Cause it's so, it's so important and it'll be so empowering. Like anything else we're understanding and learning about our bodies. Right. I think knowledge is power. So the more you know about how your body's working, the more you can work with it and understand it. Absolutely. Okay. So I think we should just dive into that. Can you help us? Can you help us understand how all of it works? Okay. So I would say during pregnancy, you know, you have, there's a lot of misinformation. And when I say that there's, I mean, I hear do nothing, sit on the couch. And then I hear, um, oh, you can do everything the same. And really we're somewhere in between. Okay. So, um, first trimester, it's not going to be that different body wise. So you're going to have hormone things going on more than anything. So if you're going to start a new routine because say, Oh, I'm pregnant now I need to get myself into shape. Right. Um, you need to be careful because you release a hormone called relaxin. And all that does is it makes your joints really loose. So your joints, because your hips need to spread, right? So it makes your joints really loose, but then your muscles have to work harder to hold things together. So exercises you may have been able to do before might knock you on your butt. Now I remember hiking and a hike that wasn't that big of a deal to me when I was pregnant. Um, the next day I could barely walk. And I thought, what is going on? And my doctor's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) And she's like, you know, this is what's going on. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Your muscles are working so much harder because your joints are so much looser. And so you're at a greater risk of injury if you're not conscious of that. So that's just something to be conscious of. Then you start to get into, let's say the second trimester. And this is where things really start to change, right? You're getting your baby bump, your body's starting to accommodate for um, making room. And this is where you're going to have to change your movements a little bit. So if you're a runner, if you have some high impact workout, you can probably still do it within second trimester for the most part. But I would start to be very cautious of things like backbends. Um, I see all these and you can see it on Instagram all the time, all these pregnant yogis or, and they're doing these backbends and I'm thinking, oh, what are they doing to themselves? You know, um, one, you're over flexible, but two, our abdomens, uh, our abdominis recti, which is your six pack, that's going to start to separate. It happens in everybody. There's no way around it because our body's making room for the baby, you don't want to increase that separation more than you have to. So you're probably going to want to stop doing crunches. You're going to want to stop doing backbends. A lot of hardcore exercises that target that six pack, you're going to probably want to stop doing those or avoid doing those and look at things like obliques or transverse abdominals or, or things like that. So it's, still totally safe to work out. You just have to be a little more mindful about how you're doing it and what you're trying to accomplish. And then by third trimester, your movement's going to become a little more impaired. And I would say, take it easy on high impact. Um, I see people do it and that's okay, but your pelvic floor is already carrying a 
big old load. Um, so it's carrying all this weight. And when you're high impact, you're just putting that much more weight and abdominal inter intra-abdominal pressure on it, which is going to lead to problems later. So um, yoga is one of, I think, the best exercises if it's done with somebody who knows what they're doing. So if you have good guidance, because you can still keep your core, you still want to move for the people who say, don't move, um, don't listen to them. <laughs> um, you, if I told you in nine months that you're going to run a marathon, uh, you're not going to sit on the couch and eat Twinkies for nine months, right? You're going to start to prepare. And so that's what you need to do. You need to strengthen that core. You need to strengthen your body because labor is a marathon and um, you want a healthy labor. And so if your body's nice and strong, you can do that a, a lot better. Um, last thing I would say is yoga is great because, and kind of nerding out a little bit here, um, by the third trimester, especially. So naturally ligaments don't stretch throughout the body. Um, but there's one caveat to that and that's uterine ligaments stretch. And what our uterine lig ligaments do, three in particular, the broad ligaments, the round ligaments, and the uterosacral ligaments, and I don't have to go into much depth there, just know that those balance your uterus, okay? So it keeps it nice and balanced, and it keeps that baby in a good position to drop down when it needs to. If you're laying on your back all the time, those ligaments are going to shorten and then some are gonna get stretched. And so if you've ever had that pain where you stand up all of a sudden, you get a sharp pain, that's because your ligament wasn't ready to stretch yet. It's been shortened too long because you've been sitting or laying too long. So with the stretching that comes with yoga, you can really keep that pelvic floor and the uterus balanced, keeping you in a better position baby-wise for labor. That makes sense. I just don't want information on you there. Sorry. No, it was perfect. No, I loved it. It was perfect. You know, I was thinking, I think that when I, well, I suppose before, before somewhat recently, I'm not a huge yogi. I, I am the chick and I like going to classes, but I'm definitely the girl who's like the instructors having to pay a little bit more increased attention to me and like come over and adjust me and things because most of my experience and exercise has always been high intensity, high impact, all these things. And so I am somewhat flexible, but like, you know, when I'm doing certain things, I don't understand, like the movement's very different for me. Um, sure. But I think that, you know, when I thought about yoga, I definitely, a lot of it felt more so much like, like stretching, you know, like I, I, I saw, I saw yoga as like stretching, which of course it is, but that strengthening component is really, I think the takeaway for why it can be such a huge helper in pregnancy and postpartum makes well and it can it can lend to a lot of things um i think one big myth is that yoga is only for the flexible sure. um like you said it's really strengthening so um something that would feel really good in a pregnant body is downward dog or cat cow which are fairly simple yoga moves yeah but you're taking that weight and transferring it off of your pelvic floor, which is where a lot of that low back pain is coming from. So spending a minute a day doing cat, cow, and downward dog is going to help immensely. And it's going to target some of that pain. You're going to be doing a little bit of stretching, but it's yeah. also just transferring and creating more space for the baby, creating more space in the hips and just, and just making you feel better overall. 
since we, since we dove into like baby positioning and kind of that stretch. So like when I think when we were talking about downward dog, my head initially, when we talked the first time, my head went to, um, inversions, like couch inversions that I've been doing, of course, right. Because I want baby not to be breached, um, which seems like, it, well, they're very similar. It's obviously a very similar decline. Maybe couch inversions might be a little bit more, I suppose, um, that the degree, that degree of decline is going to be a little bit a little bit higher, a little bit yeah. more, but it makes so much sense. It's just pulling, right. You're just pulling those ligaments or stretching those urets at the bottom of your belly to kind of open up and stretch and give baby as much space in there to, to flip around. Is there anything else that we, we should start thinking about in regards to baby positioning and how all those ligaments can stretch? Is there anything we should be thinking about in our daily that we should try to avoid so that we can, you know, help baby get in, in the in the optimal position for for labor and birth. Sure, there's just some um, everyday things. Like for example, if you're picking something up, I want you to support your back, and the way that you do that is by engaging your transverse abdominals. Those are the abdominals nobody talks about. So those are deep down abdominals, and you can find them right now if you were to stick your hands on your hips and you were to blow out or exhale like you're blowing out a candle. You will feel it. Your, your sides tighten down. You just engaged your transverse abdominals. And what those are, are their muscles that are almost like a corset. They wrap all the way around the back. So you should never hold your breath when you're picking something up, especially new moms. When you're picking that baby up, don't hold your breath exhale as you're doing it and you get that corset of muscles to support your back and it keeps you safe essentially. So, I mean, that is like one of such a foundational thing that we're not taught. We hold our breath, which creates more pressure on the pelvic floor, which, you know, we have more accidents. So breathing, uh, just learning to breathe correctly is huge. And we'll talk about that with postpartum, but, um, and then just light stretches. So you can twist. Um, I've heard people say you can't twist, you can twist. If you're going to do twists, do open twists. And what that means is don't force them. So if you're going to twist to the side, I would suggest raising, let's say your arm above your head, your right arm above your head, taking a deep breath and really lengthening your spine. So pushing up out of your seat and then just opening your arm up to the back of the room. And that's an open twist. So you're not forcing anything, but you're stretching ligaments from one side and then do it on the other side. And you're stretching the ligaments on the other side. So again, yoga is about balance and that's what we're bringing to the body with some of these stretches. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was thinking about the whole picking things up and the breathing. I have really been trying to focus on squatting because I'm a total bend over. I'm a, I don't know. I don't know where that came from, but it's just an always total bend over. And so I've been thinking, I mean, off pregnancy, which is not good. I mean, you know, it's not good to have it to have whether you're pregnant or not, but, um, I would think, you know, squatting is going to help with your, with positioning a baby anyway, right? Like we want, 
Yes. <laughs> open all that up. Trimester. So you get to third trimester. If I'm working with you as a client by third trimester, we start working on hip openers. So we invite that baby to drop down. If you're head down, you're in a good position, then we're going to start doing some bound angle pose or um, some gentle, maybe recline pigeon or things like that, um, just to get that baby to drop down and give it lots of space to do so. Yeah. And then if you are breech, avoid those until you get the baby turned around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's throughout the whole pregnancy, there's, there's different depending where you're at and how your pregnancy is progressing. Um, yeah, you, there's definitely exercises you can do to help loosen those hips up to get the baby ready for the pelvic floor. Um, keeping the core strong, you're going to need that strong core when it comes labor time. (laughs) So for sure. And I keep thinking about how, like, there's a lot of women who love to get in that squatting position for labor. Um, if you have been working on that, if you have strengthened those muscles and that's something that's kind of a comfortable place for you, it's only going to help. Well, and I I will say I didn't have this birth experience because I didn't know, but squatting is a very natural position. Um, When you lay on your back for labor, and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to to preach this, all of my listeners need to know, (laughs) no, Um, your sacrum, which is what your, your uh, tailbone is connected to is the back part of your uh, pelvic floor and it's made to move. So when baby drops down, the tailbone moves back to get out of the way. If you've ever talked to a mom and I have several who have told me I broke my tailbone, it's because they were laying flat in a bed. The tailbone couldn't get out of the way to let the baby drop down. And so if you can squat or possibly stand to help that baby through, your sacrum will naturally move out of the way. But if you are flat on your back, which I was, I didn't know any better. Um, I, it, you know, I didn't have a terrible pregnancy, but it, or a labor actually had a really great labor, but it does slow things down a little bit because that pelvic floor can't make room or your pelvis can't make room the way it would if you were squatting. Sure. We won't get into too much more of this. I would, I would love to have somebody on spinning babies talk like a lot, lot more on like positioning for pushing and things. Because when I learn about this stuff, it like hits me in the face about how much common sense it makes. I mean, truly it's like, hello, gravity. Like, can we just talk about Right. We want something to fall out of us. Like, why right. would we be on our backs? Why would we not be? I mean, our a... bodies are made for this, right? Right. They're made for right. And when you look back at like images, like images of different cultures, hundreds of years back, birthing women are always like, right. they know, right? Because they're just lifting their bodies. They don't have a doctor telling them what to do. Right. All right. I could, this, so this is where I get pumped. Okay. So right. let's move on to the next <laughs> Okay. So let's, let's have some, a similar conversation about incontinence. So in your experience, in your research, what are some of the common habits or activities that you see that contribute to incontinence? Okay. So incontinence, that for anybody who doesn't know it. Sure. Incontinence is like leaking of the bowels or pee. Okay. So it could be either. Usually it's pee. Um, in the third trimester, it's, it's just going to happen. You've got, I don't know if you've ever looked at where the uterus is, but it's literally sitting right on top of the bladder. So you've got this baby laying down there on the bladder and 
it just doesn't have much room. So that's why you have to pee all the time. Right. And then you do, let's say high impact or you sneeze, you already have so much weight and so much pressure in there that it doesn't have anywhere to go except out. Right. So you're kind of forcing it out. Um, so during pregnancy, it's going to be pretty common for probably, I would say maybe the first six weeks or so after pregnancy, still going to be pretty common because you just tore through your pelvic floor, <laughs> right? Like you, you basically, um, I see it a lot in postpartum women and it's common at first. It's not common to have it years later. And I get so many clients who have it 20 years later. And they're like, I just thought that was normal. Not normal. That means you have a dysfunction in your pelvic floor. Part of that is we've been sitting here. We've disengaged our core. So we have this baby taking up our whole midsection, our whole abdomen. Our core is disengaged. It can't engage anymore. It's stretched out. And then um, it's laying on our pelvic floor. Our pelvic floor is actually part of our core and it connects to our diaphragm. So if you're breathing correctly, when you take a breath out, your pelvic floor should raise up with your diaphragm. What happens is during pregnancy, we can't breathe anymore because the baby's up in our lungs and we disconnect our diaphragm from our pelvic floor. So we start doing what's called backwards breathing. So if you take a big breath and you feel your shoulders come up, you're backwards breathing and you're not using your pelvic floor. So we have a baby, we've disconnected the core, we've disconnected the pelvic floor and it just sits there. And it's getting no exercise at all. Yeah. And we're trying to kegels, you know, that seems to be the answer, the go-to answer. And it's not, unfortunately, um, because a strong muscle will relax and contract. And what I mean by that is if I have, you know, my bicep and I walk around like flexing my bicep all day, trying to show it off. And then you hand me a bowling ball, I'm going to drop it because my muscles so tired. Same thing. Kegels are great, but you need to learn how to strengthen and relax the pelvic floor. So there's pelvic floor exercises that go into that. Um, when I work with somebody postpartum, I mean, our first like two lessons is just fixing those habits. So let's learn how to breathe again. So getting your core back engaged, getting the diaphragm and the pelvic floor moving together before we start those exercises. Posture is huge. Um, we start breastfeeding, we're carrying a baby or, or we're slumped over. Um, even when you're not a new mom, we do it at our computers all day, yeah. right? Yeah. Or that, as soon as you slump, you've cut off your pelvic floor from your diaphragm. So it's no longer moving. So, um, a perfect example for this is if you're not pregnant and you have to sneeze and you feel like, uh oh, here it comes, and you're clenching because you know you might pee your pants, twist, twist your torso. What? It stops the pressure. So it helps break up the pressure. So there's not so much pressure on your pelvic floor. Um, that's posture. Girl, right? why didn't you tell me we talked last time? I've had two allergy days and everybody, I don't care if this is TMI. I've gone through like four different pairs of underwear and pants every single one of those days. Oh, I'm not afraid to admit it is a problem. Oh my gosh. That's great. Okay. I'll yeah. try that. 
Yeah. So <laughs> posture is huge. You want to keep, um, you want to think of your whole abdomen sort of like a cylinder and keep that open. And as soon as you crunch that cylinder, the pressure shut off, but it also doesn't work for, um, moving that pelvic floor and strengthening it. Um, I have one client who does high impact. She's had three kids and she's having bladder prolapse right now. And she says, what do I do? And so I said, well, have you been to a, a physical therapist for the pelvic floor? And she said, yeah. I said, do you have diastasis recti? And she says, nope. And I said, okay, how about is your pelvic floor too tight or too weak. And she says, neither. They say it's fine. And I'm going, wait a second. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like something's wrong. And then it hit me. And I said, are you a belly breather? Because she's carried three babies. Of course, she's a belly breather. Um, she breathes into her deep into her belly and, um, I, and yoga and a lot of exercises teach that yeah, encourage it. It's backwards breathing. So she said, yeah, I, I breathe into that. And I went, well, that makes sense. So what's happening is anytime she adds pressure, abdominal pressure, whether it's bouncing or like on a trampoline or working out really hard or picking something up, she's adding pressure and the floor just gives out because it doesn't, the system's not working like it's supposed to, right? The transverse abdominals can't support, the diaphragm's not attached. So it just lets go. So we're working on that right now. So posture's huge. So breathing, posture, and then that intra-abdominal pressure, just figuring out ways to um, take some of that pressure off, which is the posture and the breathing. And then, you know, if you feel like you need to go run marathons, run marathons, but if you're doing it just to be healthy, find other ways to do it so you don't have that constant impact until you can strengthen back up that pelvic floor. Okay. That makes sense. I, I want to ask something kind of selfishly for myself right now. So I am, you know, pregnant 24 weeks and I'm right. dealing with every time I have bad allergy day, it's, yeah. it's, it's like ridiculous. Thank goodness. My husband's gone for those. Usually he's gone for the day. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, I don't even, I mean, I don't even think he knows and he won't listen to this episode because he doesn't listen to him. Right. But, um, <laughs> what can I, I mean, can I be, can I be concentrating on a certain breathing technique right now versus, I mean, are you telling me it's too late or can, like, do we have to wait no. till postpartum or what can I start changing right now? Okay. So it's going to get harder the further along you get, right. um, because you, you've got, it's taking up abdomen room, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but you can always engage those transverse abdominals okay. and you can still work on your pelvic floor doing that. So, um, let's go back to the Kegel for a second. We're yeah. talking Kegel. Um, when you Kegel, don't move your glutes. Every time I ask someone to Kegel, they do it. And I kind of, I kind of see them shift in their seat and I go, did you move your glutes? Yeah. No, you're not supposed to move your glutes because now you're using your glutes. What happens is when a muscle's super weak, all the muscles around it will kick in to help. Sure. And so we use these other muscles instead of using our pelvic floor. And so we kind of, we want to isolate and relax and then tighten and relax and tighten. Um, you can do that. Um, 
it's tough with pregnancy. <laughs> it just, it, it's just a lot of weight on your pelvic floor. Get off, like go into cat cow and do some pelvic floor, like the kegel uh, relaxing. Okay. Getting that weight off of it. So you're still flexing and working on that pelvic floor. Um, and then there's really weird things that the more I find out, I'm like, this is such a man's world. It just irritates me. <laughs> Um, there's cultural things we do as women that, so like one in four women have issues with incontinence and only like one in nine men. And then I started looking at things that can make our pelvic floor weak. And uh, many times it's imbalance. So even if our posture is right, our breath is right, we're, we're working it. We can still throw it out of balance ways. We do that high heels, Oh, <laughs> high heels, put your pelvis forward. It tilts it and it goes out of balance. Makes sense. Crossing your legs, mm. we'll tighten one side of your pelvis and loosen the other. That's why men spread their legs when they sit. <laughs> they don't have pelvic floor issues. Right? <laughs> like There's so it. many things like that, that I'm just like, this is so unfair. <laughs> sucking our abdomen in. We walk around and we're like sucking our guts. Yes. In. Tightens your pelvic floor, like overly tightens. So about 20, 25% of the time, it's not that your pelvic floor is too weak. It's that it's too tight. And so there's all these different imbalances that are going on that are caused by everyday cultural things. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start sitting with that whole wide-legged man spread, you know, like I own this seat. I'm going to take up room and I'm not wearing high heels. So screw you. Like, I love it. it. (laughs) Well, and going back to how all of this stuff is connected, right? Like all of the ligaments, all the muscles, especially when we're talking about the folk, these focuses, these pain points in pregnancy and postpartum sitting with your legs, you know, open wide, which usually is kind of more comfortable position when you're pregnant anyway, and not crossing your legs. Although I find myself kind of wanting to do that just because it's something naturally I've done as a lady um, through the years, you know, doing those things, not wearing heels. If you think about how they really do create those imbalances, that's also going to impact your uterus and the space in your uterus and your ligaments and, and how all of that's tight or loose on each side, you want it to be balanced. So Absolutely. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) as soon as you cross your legs, one side of your pelvis goes up, your sacrum goes out of whack and now you've got an imbalance. So one side of, if you're going to cross your leg, then stop and cross the other leg just as long. (laughs) Okay. So balance it. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Sleep on your right side if you can, as well as your left flip back and forth. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about postpartum. Okay. What's your message to, to women on postpartum? Like, what are some of the things that I think we kind of need to, to debunk here? You need to be gentle with yourself. Okay. So pregnancy should be treated like an injury. And it makes me so like every day because I'm in prenatal, I get on Facebook and all these, like, get your abs back right after pregnancy, post-pregnancy workouts. And these women are hurting themselves and they're hurting their bodies because, what happens is while we're pregnant, we're a little more gentle because we're like, oh, baby. And then as soon as the baby's out, we're like, oh, I got to get my pre-pregnancy body back. Guess what? You just wrecked your body. If I, so a perfect example, a year ago, I blew my knee out and I had to have surgery. So, and it wasn't even a super crazy and terrible surgery. It was just going in and kind of cleaning it out. But instantly it was like, okay, you have an injury. So we need to rest 
And then after rest, we need to start building it back slowly. We need to engage and wake up all the muscles around it that have went to sleep. And that's exactly what you should do postpartum. So when the doctor at six weeks, if you're lucky, says, okay, you can go back to life as normal. No, you cannot. You have not been normal for nine months. Your body is no longer normal. And so you need to... if. If you are trying to work out and you have this diastasis recti that has not been fixed, which is again, that six pack has been split open. It can be fixed, but so many women jump right back in to exercise, not fixing that. And then they can't figure out why they can never get rid of the mama pooch. Well, the mama pooch is because you didn't fix the abs and now you're still hanging out. So then you have hernias and you have other things going on. So Um, be gentle with yourself. I mean, just spend time with your baby, spend time taking care of yourself, loving your body. Um, The first couple months are really stressful with a new baby. And, you know, if you do yoga, stretching's great. When a new mom comes to me, we start working on breathing to engage transverse abdominals and pelvic floor, but we're not doing core workout yet. I need you to fix your diastasis recti, which there's exercises we can do. I'm also going to give you a lot of stretching for your shoulders and your back because you're holding a baby, you're breastfeeding, you're all locked up and it hurts. And so we're going to, we're going to loosen you back up. And then, you know, maybe depending on how you are, some women have a little bit of depression or some women have anxiety as new moms. Um, we're going to address those issues. So maybe it's just not mindful breathing. Maybe it's some restorative yoga for you um, until you're ready to go further. But unless you correct your breathing and get back into your 3D rib breathing instead of belly breathing and connecting that diaphragm to your pelvic floor, unless you do that and you start healing your diastasis recti, so many women are like, oh, six weeks, I can go hit the gym. Yeah. And then they're going to damage their body further and then never get back to where they want to be. So um, be gentle with yourself. That is the biggest thing, because as soon as that baby's out, we're like, oh, we're so hard on our own bodies, right? We, we, we want it. We want it now. And that's something I struggle with as well. I want yeah. it. I want it right now. Um, but take it easy. Like it's an injury. Treat it like an injury. As soon as you're pregnant, your glutes at, at once you start really struggling with a lot of weight up front and your core starts to shut down. Um, your core is stabilizing your hips. And as soon as it's having trouble stabilizing your hips, other muscles kick in and your glutes quit working. Yeah. So now your glutes aren't working. So we need to start wakening those muscles back up. Otherwise you're targeting the wrong muscles. It's just physical therapy. Right. But I don't know why they don't have physical therapy for postpartum moms. Like that doesn't make sense to me because that's what it is. You, you've not used something for nine months. Don't go run a marathon. Like let's turn everything back on, reactivate things and get your body going in a healthy way. Yeah. And I remember these feelings and honestly, I can't say that I'm not going to have them after this baby, you know, of wanting, especially if you're somebody, I mean, you know, my, so much of my life has been wellness and fitness and health. And I love feeling strong. I love feeling fit. And, you know, I just, I, I mean, I just, it's just something that I enjoy and that I take pride in and makes me feel good and, and, and thrive in the day. However, you know, we have to remember that 
it was, it took 10 months for us to grow this baby and our body was changing daily. Like our body changed and morphed and grew and stretched and organs moved. And, you know, it would be silly for us to think, and I know there's women out there who do look like they bounce back immediately. And somebody, some people have really good genes too. Right. And that, that can help, but like, why is it so insane for us to think that it could potentially take just as much time, if not longer for our body to actually get back or get to a place of somewhat what feels strength and normalcy. And one of the things that you had brought up that I feel like we should touch on is that the relaxin continues on through breastfeeding. It continues on. This is something most women don't know. And I'm, I was shocked when I found out. So if you're breastfeeding that relaxin, which makes everything loose, um, all your joints and ligaments looser, uh, it lasts in your body throughout breastfeeding. So if you're breastfeeding for a year, you're still pumped full of that. The rate of injury in postpartum women is super high because they're like, I'm going to go hit it hard. Your body's not the same body it was before you got pregnant. You're working with different territory now. And so, um, even if you're not breastfeeding, it takes a couple of months for it to flush out of your system. So you need to be very careful with that. So if someone is doing yoga, I don't let them push it to the limits. You should not be learning how to do the splits when you're pregnant. Can you probably, but your ligaments aren't going to go back to the way they're supposed to. Oh my God, that sounds like the last thing I want to do, right? (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But it's so funny because I'm like, I see these women who are pregnant and they're like, look at this, I'm doing all these amazing things. And I'm like, oh, and you're going to have massive injury and recovery time, (sighs) you know, because you're stretching things out that shouldn't be stretched. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, Something I want to say before we start closing things out, and I feel like sometimes I'm redundant with this. Anytime we're talking about kind of a scope of information or knowledge or expertise that is outside of what your OB or even your pediatrician, right? Anybody that you're working with in pregnancy or postpartum, you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, the mis- some of the misinformation is like, just keep doing what you've been doing. And I remember that. And it was the same thing afterwards. Like, as soon as you feel like you're ready, go for it. There's no direction there. And um, it is no fault to the OB in the sense that they are just are not, that's just not the information. Like that's not the schooling they get. That's why people like you, um, lactation consultants, like everybody who specializes in, in the mother, in the baby, you know, pregnancy and postpartum, you guys are the wealth of knowledge. And so we have to remember that when we're asking our OB or our doctors, these questions, you can ask them and see what their opinion is, but you have to understand that they're not going to be the expert in that area. So when it comes to this, yeah, because it, I mean, I, I am a total testimony that I did. I had diastasis recti with miles because I was told by the doctor that I could just keep doing ab exercises until it felt like I needed to make a change. And right. then I looked down one day and I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm coding really bad. Like I've got to stop. But at that point, I'd already done. Yeah. I would at least in pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the things that surprised me the most is when I started educating myself. And I mean, my education spans doctors and pelvic floor specialists and physical therapists, and just trying to learn the female anatomy and the pregnant anatomy is very different. And so, um, I was really shocked how specialized everybody is. So they know how to work within their scope. But when I was talking, my best friend is a, um, postpartum nurse. 
So she literally takes you out of the delivery room and takes care of you until you leave. And I was telling her some of these things about the relaxant and the lit. And she's like, I didn't know any of this. And I'm like, what? How could you not know this? And then I was talking to my OBGYN about the pelvic floor. And she's like, I don't know. I'm going to have to revert you to somebody else. Like, what? Like, so. Well, that's the correct response. By that. Yeah. I was really shocked by that. But her job is to deliver babies, you know, like she knows how to do that. Exactly. Um, But she might not know how to repair it when it's over other than sewing her up, you know, like that doesn't. So, um, yeah, definitely like follow your intuition. Like if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Uh, Trust yourself, trust your body. The one thing I always say, and I check in with my clients when I'm working with them, does that feel good? Because what might feel good to you might not feel good to somebody else because the baby's in a different position yeah. or up in the rib. It's not going to feel the same. So you want it to feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. I love that message. I mean, that's just such a, it's such a key lesson in motherhood in general is just to we really, and in pregnancy, like just following our intuition, listening to what our body is telling us and listening to what feels right and what doesn't. And it's just so telling in so many different facets, like emotionally, right, right. mentally, physically, all of it. Cause we are the only ones that really know, you know, it's amazing to have someone that can give us direction and advice and guidance and expertise, but we're the only one that can feel all the things, you know, we're the only one carrying that baby. I think we become so disconnected from our bodies because we're told you should feel this way. You should, I mean, it, it kills me when a doctor tells me how I should be feeling and I'm not feeling that way. And I'm like, how would you know? First off, I've had a man tell me that my cervix is numb. And then when I got a biopsy, it wasn't numb at all. And I'm like, how do you, you don't have a cervix? Like, you know, so it's those things that I'm like, get in touch with your own body and yoga was something I remember sitting in on a very advanced yoga class once and I couldn't do any of the poses and I was completely falling apart. Like, I think I sat down at one point and cried because I'm such a perfectionist and I'm like, why can't I do it? I should be able to do it. And finally my stubbornness kicked on and I kind of got a breath and I stood up and I thought, you know what? Screw this. I'm not paying attention to anybody else. I'm just going to focus on me. And suddenly I could do all the poses. And it was this huge aha moment for me that I wasn't connected to me at all. I was trying to connect to what everyone else was doing and comparing myself. And then I couldn't do it. But the moment I shut everybody else off and said, okay, what do I need to do in my body to make this happen? What feels good in my body? When I teach yoga classes, a lot of yoga was made for men and people don't know this. So, you know, when they say, put your feet together, that's because men don't have hips. So most of my classes, they say, spread your feet hip width apart. Um, So, you know, you know, what feels good to you. You just have to tap into it and don't let people tell you how you feel. You, you know, you may not, you might be a little disconnected, get back in touch, sit down and breathe and think, okay, where am I at? What's feel? What am I feeling? And trust your intuition. I love it. Is there anything else you want to share about like why you feel like, you know, the work that you do or yoga as a, as an exercise and the kind of that therapy, why you feel like it really is such a great answer or so beneficial for, for new mamas or expectant mamas or, you know, Well, your recovery after pregnancy is going to be so much better if you're strong during pregnancy. 
So if you're working out during pregnancy and doing it safely, your recovery is going to be so much better. Not only does it help physically, it helps internally keeping balance, keeping all those things, but it also helps mentally, like being able to tune into yourself, to get to know your body, learning to breathe huge. I mean, there's a reason they teach you Lamaze classes, right? Breathing techniques, because you have to learn to breathe. Yoga does the same thing for you, breath with movement. So it helps with your concentration, your focus, um, and just your mindfulness, becoming mindful of your own body and what's going on in it. I mean, there's not enough I can say about yoga, even in therapeutic, when I'm working with, um, people trying to do pelvic floor recovery. Most of them can't even feel their pelvic floor. They don't even know what it feels like. And then the moment it happens, you can see it in their face. They're like, whoa, whoa, I did it. I was like, whoa, was that? Whoa, that that's what my pelvic floor feels like. Like, it's amazing. How can we become so disconnected to something that's so essential in our being, right? And so that's, I just think yoga is such a safe and good way to, protect your body before to prepare it. And then after just the mental aspects too, because if you, you know, this as a mom, anybody who's a mom knows this, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of everybody else because that, that cup only, it will run dry. And so you do need to take time for yourselves. Um, I don't tend to teach yoga classes with babies in it because the woman can't focus on herself. She's listening in the back of her head for that, that baby to cry, or, you know, she's still tuned into the baby. And I need you to tune into you, even if it's 10 minutes a day, take it for yourself. It, It will benefit you. It will benefit your baby in the long run for sure. I love the vision of what that, what that means for a mom doing that in, you know, pre pregnancy or an in pregnancy, because it really does. It's like, you know, you start implementing those things and you're starting to find that mindfulness, which is so invaluable and that calm. And you, those are the things that would be amazing for you to like hunger for or miss once you're in postpartum, because they have become such a integral part of like you keeping your peace and, and, um, you know, getting back into movement and keeping that mindfulness part of it all. I, I, it does feel really, really invaluable. Even for somebody over here, who's not a huge yogi. I mean, I've been doing sequences of like spinning babies and a lot of bar work, which is kind of like a Pilates yoga, you know, like ballet kind of, you know, I just love, I love how, how the movement feels. And I love how there's always these reminders to connect to how, to to how your body's feeling. And then once you finally, I think, get into that comfortable place, like you're able to kind of put your, put your mind at ease a little bit too, and just focus on that connection to the baby, which it can. Pregnancy can be such a beautiful thing. And um, it, it can. And I wish I would have known that when I was pregnant, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, wasn't, it was very much a surprise for me. And so it came with a lot of anxiety sure. and a lot of, uh oh, <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. And then my body's changing and I'm resentful. And, you know, because it's all the unknown and it's beautiful. We were made for this, we are vessels of life, you know take care of it and treat it like such. You would not do that to somebody else. Treat yourself with compassion and, and give it what it needs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Woo. Amen. Um, okay. I want you to tell people 
like just more about kind of your services and what you can offer, especially because you do some remote work um, and how they can get a hold of you. Sure. Um, so I actually do a lot of most of my clientele is private lessons um, because of the work that I do with prenatal, postnatal, pelvic floor and therapeutic. Um, my clients all have different individual needs. And so I give three or free assessments. So like a 30 minute consult and you can contact me and we'll sit down and talk about, OK, what's your obstacles? What are you dealing with? Where are you at and where do you want to be? And then we create a roadmap for you. And so, I mean, it's amazing. I had a client yesterday, three months ago, she couldn't do a push up. And this week she's like, I'm doing CrossFit. And I'm like, what? Like, it is amazing just to watch. She has multiple sclerosis. And it's amazing to watch. Like she couldn't hardly stand up because her balance was bad. And so we addressed core issues and balance issues and just gaining strength. And it's amazing. Flexibility is not something we're trying to do. So that whole, like, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga. Not a thing. Okay. So don't even worry about that. Um, you can go to my website. It's yoga with Anastasia. And Anastasia is with a C. So not your typical that throws people off. It's Anastasia with a C. So yoga with Anastasia.com. All the information's there about the different types of services I offer. Um, if you want to chat or have a question, reach out to me. You can do that through the website as well. I'm happy to answer any questions or to talk about any issues you might be having. You're amazing. Oh, I love, I seriously, I love, we, we, you guys, we had such an amazing chat last time and we were just like talking and talking and talking, but I was, I've been like so pumped about today and I'm excited to work. I'm excited to work with you on a personal level. Cause clearly we have some things to work on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, that's too much laundry, especially after baby number two comes. I can't handle. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, in public. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So that's the one thing I haven't done yet. Thankfully, when I have my bad allergy days, I usually am like, I, you know, I can find myself home or usually I'm, I'm well, I guess COVID, right? Like, right, right. We've just I think I was anyway. shocked when it happened to me for the first time because I didn't have a lot of issues. And then I got bronchitis and all of a sudden, like every time I would have a coughing fit, I would leak a little. And I'm like, what? And my, my husband who has zero filters, we got invited to go out with some friends. And I was like, I can't, I keep peeing my pants. And he went and told them, Oh no. Mom's like, just have her put on a pad. She's fine. And I'm like, that should not be that reaction. Like it shouldn't be just like, Oh, that's normal. Just put, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I had to address as well, because I was like, wait, what is going on here? This isn't, this isn't normal at all. And so. when it just like ticks me off when it happens, I'm like, gosh, darn it. Like right, right. stupid <laughs> men society. Right. <laughs> like I'm not crossing my legs and wearing high heels again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for the chat today. Is there any, is there any last tidbits, anything else that you want to send these ladies off with? Just be gentle with yourself. Love yourself. Accept your body. It has done amazing things. Be gentle to it. Like it's every day I wake up and I don't have a perfect body by any means. And I wake up and I thank my body for showing up for me one more day because I abuse the hell out of it. Yeah. So, you know, we do just, just be grateful for your body and what it does for you every day and be gentle with it because 
it's your vessel. We're vessels. Yeah. So yeah. They love us so much, even though sometimes we don't always love them back the way we should. It's amazing. Downing a whole bag of Doritos on the couch. You know, it's like, oh, into my body. I'm sorry, body. (laughs) I refuse to feel guilt about those moments sometimes either, man. Because that sometimes is my yeah. That's a whole other part of mental health, right? (laughs) My intuition says right now I need that for my mental health. So Does everybody hear this beautiful balance? This like beautiful <laughs> yoga connection with body and eat Doritos, eat Oreos. Like, hey, we give ourselves the permission for that. I love it. Be gentle with yourself. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I guess we're going to be chatting super soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hey, mamas, before you peace out. If what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF, or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast, and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy, and your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So... Let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire, and in return, you help me strengthen our Mama Collective so we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, Mama.